0: The Grand Theory Podcast episode 178. Social Activism and Your Craft Business with Kath Young. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey there, Thriver Jess here. Welcome to this episode, and uh, I've got a returning guest today, Kath Young from My Bearded Pigeon, who was on the show a couple of years ago now. But uh, this episode kind of came about. We've been talking about having her back on the show, but one of uh, our mutual friends on Instagram kind of commented on one of Kath's posts about, "I'd love for you to come on the Current Thrive podcast and talk about your." You know how your social activism collides with your craft business and why that has come about and how that's come about so that's exactly what we're doing in this episode because i think it's really interesting you know there's this concept of craftivism which has been around for quite a long time you know using craft for activist purposes it's not something i've really done myself but there are a lot of people out there who do it so we're talking a little bit about how Kath has done that in her business. Uh, it's kind of almost how her business started in the first place. That's well, how she kind of got into certain types of designs. Uh, and to the point where I think last year, no, wait, the year before now, <laughs> uh, she raised up to $15,000 during the marriage equality Uh, debate (laughs) malarkey here in Australia if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about you'll find out more uh, in this episode but suffice it to say Kath has become more and more focused on using her craft for kind of activist purposes over the last few years and we talk about the you know the challenges of this the pros and cons is this something you want to do we talk about you know Do you want to keep things like your politics, your religious beliefs, your uh, social beliefs, um, philosophical beliefs? How much of that do you actually want to make public? How much of that do you want to include in your business? Is it something that you want to do completely? Is it something you don't want to do at all? Uh, You know, so we talk a little bit about all of those things in this episode. So it's quite interesting. I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into it, Have you got access to my free handmade biz toolkit yet? It's full of resources that will help you to start and grow a thriving handmade business. And it's free. All you need to do is head on over to createandthrive.com, click on start here, you'll get a list of all the resources that are in there, including my ebook, 25 Essential Tips for Running a Handmade Business, and you can get access to those straight away. So that's createandthrive.com and click on start here to get access to all of those goodies. All right, so let's dive into this episode with Kath Young from My Bearded Pigeon. Hello, Kath and welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me back. <laughs> I think you're on episode 47. So that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cause I think it was during the um,
1: Etsy um, advisory board, New York trips.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. So that was a while ago now. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, things that we we can always talk about what's happened happened with Etsy uh, as part of this. But before we do, for those who aren't familiar with you and uh, haven't perhaps listened to that previous episode, can you just give us a little rundown on your business?
1: Okay, so I started my business called My Bearded Pigeon ten years ago. Uh, um, I've been selling on Etsy since then, so two thousand and eight. Um, And I started off by making um, home furnishings, so cushions uh, with fabric that um, I had maps that I kind of slightly changed digitally and then printed and sewn into cushions and then some wall hangings um, and then some other vintage images. And then I've kind of moved slightly. I've done a few and more pins recently and bags and other things. Um, And I'm also a photographer um, and also a social worker
0: working for a government organisation. So you keep yourself pretty busy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because my bit of a journey is basically it's a full-time job. It is and it isn't, yeah.
1: I Mm. think um, like I think over the last kind of couple of years I've probably wavered in what am I doing with this thing like where is it going um so it's kind of become more of a part-time thing now I think because I've I've just not been trying to grow it so much it's just kind of plods along now quite happily with like big bursts and then you know it's quiet for a little while and yeah but I'm quite Mm -hmm. happy where it is I the thing is I I have moments of like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. And I just, you know, I'm going to close it all down. But I know I'll have another idea of <laughs> something I want to make. And it's kind of like, well, it's already there. Like it's already yep. set up. I just have to slot something new into it. So
0: I think that's really interesting because. Like yourself, you know, I've been running my jewellery business for ten years and you do go through those periods where you just kinda of like, oh, I'm you know, I mean I also run Create and Thrive, so I have multiple things going on. I think I'd get bored if I just had one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you do sort of sometimes think, Oh, is it time for this to end? But then you're like, No, because there's gonna be more I can do with it and um especially when you've got, you know, other passions coming along. Yeah. and
1: I think too, I think um like I've always um I've never just done it. Um, Mm. So I think that kind of helped me keep it for as long as I have um, because I've always done other things as well. So I don't, yeah, I've kind of never really had one job. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I don't know if that's because I just, um, but, I mean, I've been in my job with health. I've been in the same role for 15 years. I've done other roles in health at the same time. But my main job I've been doing for all nearly eighteen years. So, so I kind of like that continuity in lots of ways. But I do Mm -hmm. other things kind of around that as well. So yeah.
0: So today I really um, this all came about from basically an Instagram comment. I think it was um, Steph. Was Um, mostly mostly miniature. Yeah. And she's, there was, I can't even remember, what I meant to look it up, but I forgot um, what the post was about. But it's basically about, uh, on a grander scale, including things like your political beliefs and stuff into your business. And some people do, some people don't. Why, why not? And you are a great example of someone who does. When did that sort of happen for you? Was it, because I, I remember at the beginning, I'm pretty much sure you just made the mat pillows, but then at some stage, I think it was something to do with our government. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> the circus that it's been definitely over the would have been. How a it's <laughs> been. And you made like I think one of the first thing I remember seeing is a wall hanging. I think you made something about Tony. Oh uh, yeah, Tony Abbott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, uh yeah. was <laughs> that kind of where it all started? Um, I can't remember if the Tony Abbott
1: wall hanging was before or after the bags for um asylum seekers, right? Or the wall hangings about asylum. So I uh, so probably the I think the first thing I did, which I think was Tony. um, Mm. It was such a dark time I don't like to remember (laughs) it. Um, Mind you things haven't got much lighter. Um, So I think the first one was the let them stay um, wall hangings and cushions Um, and that was when the policy was to quote turn back the boats So it was when they first started the offshore processing where people were arriving by boat and then just getting turfed off to Nauru um, Mm -hmm. or other inhumane places. Um, So I think it was a response to that. And then um, I made them, I made that design into a bag, like a tote bag um, Mm -hmm. for um, a fundraiser for Asylum Seekers Resource Centre in Melbourne. Yeah. um yeah so that i think that was kind of the first main like first big one because that went a bit crazy right so when and you actually and that was four years ago because i just got a reminder on my facebook today saying <laughs> that was four years ago yeah so it was four years there ago you go. yeah so sorry okay. to interrupt
0: yeah no no that's fine so did you make the design for the fundraiser originally is that how it happened or did, had you no, made the design I and just, then they reached out to you, or you i found made awesome? the design yeah
1: and then just um yeah, and then um, people were kind of saying, oh, it would be good on a bag or, no, people were saying it would be good on a T-shirt and I said, I'm mm-hmm. not doing T-shirts Just how? <laughs> how Do you decide how many sizes to do? Yes. That would just, yes. yeah, I can't, yeah, that was too hard. Um, <laughs> so I thought, oh, a bag would be good, like a, you know, reusable shopping bag kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to Asylum Seekers Resource Centre and they were amazing um, and I said, you know, would like I, I want to donate some money and they were yeah, they were really great. And so they promoted it on their Facebook and Twitter. And so that was they've got a huge, huge um Facebook following mm-hmm. or what it, whatever you call it. So yeah. um yeah, so it kind of went really well for um, it was I mean it was one Facebook post for them and I think I ended up donating maybe $5,000 all up, wow. up, I think, at mm. the end of that. Um, and then I did the the tiny little pin that said, mm-hmm. let them in, um, right. which is a little, like, lapel pin. And, again, they were really amazing and um, promoted it, and that was probably another few thousand donated from
0: that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So that was kind of the, the beginning of getting into the fundraising element of things with your work as well.
1: Well, I think, like from the be- yeah, from the beginning, I um, always donated to uh, Kiva from mm-hmm. my bearded pigeon. So I always, um, I had a dollar from each sale, went into um, Kiva loans or uh Medicines on frontiers, or just different organizations. I kind of just at the end of every month, I just took a dollar from each sale and donated it somewhere. So I, I mm-hmm. did that from day one, um, and and not to, not for any reason other than well, of course I can do that. Like yeah. it's just not that hard to do that, and I guess I'm in a you know a position where I can donate some money so i feel like i should be doing that Mm -hmm. so i think when you sorry yeah (laughs) um i think because i think when you um work in with a population that i do that have had so in my um government work so i'm a social worker that's my background um Mm -hmm. i you very quickly realise that everyone is not born equally. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have been really lucky in the way my life has turned out in so many ways. Just, you know, I had great parents. So immediately I'm privileged Mm -hmm. because I grew up in a happy, safe family. So I think you quickly realise that. Not everyone has that. And if you're ever in the opportunity to, if you ever have the opportunity or are in a place to do something to support people who have less or haven't been as lucky or haven't had, you know, the the benefits of a safe education and upbringing, then it's uh, I personally feel like we have a really, like, strong obligation to do something. And it doesn't have to be money. It can be time as well can be volunteering and things as well so I just yeah kind of wasn't even a thing that I really thought about too much it was more like who to give the money to there's so many causes so that's kind of why I always like swapped around so I yeah um yeah so I could cover a few different things but
0: so I mean I think there's kind of There'd be people like that who donate, you know, just generally like, you know, I have charitable causes I support, but it's not something I generally talk about on my social media or related to my business. And then there's more the activism side of things where you actually start not only doing the donation, but actually speaking about issues, selling products related to those issues and, you know, being really vocal about it, which is something that you have been doing over the last few years. So was that kind of a natural progression for you uh, or was it something that you very consciously did? And if so, you know, were there any pros, cons that kind of went through your head about taking your business in that direction?
1: Because I, as I would have said before, Jess, I don't really have much of an idea about business. Um, so, So it really didn't occur to me that it was risky in mm-hmm. some way that i would like maybe lose followers or um yeah i just didn't really think about it i just thought oh i don't care like this is what i think you know, i don't want to like i i am not going to be silent on something that i think is really important i i can't i can't mm-hmm. just sit by and not say anything when particularly with asylum seekers when you know people are being abused and and tortured and you know i just didn't feel like it was something that i could just kind of go anyway
0: here's some cushion
1: like you know what i mean i just yeah, yeah i felt like it was crazy
0: is it because you like you had the platform already for example some people might you know have a business like yours and then have a personal so separate you know facebook or instagram or something where they might campaign for that stuff but they wouldn't include it with their business they keep the two things separate it's all
1: kind of one and the same it's all one I am the business basically (laughs) (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I'm like it's not separate to me it is very representative of me and my beliefs which I feel like well how could it not be like I couldn't separate yeah I I honestly didn't um it didn't occur to me to keep those things separate Mm
0: -hmm. I feel like
1: I um I mean, you can work out what my beliefs are by the pages I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it doesn't scream, like, lefty feminist in my um, in my profile, but it's quite obvious that that's what you're coming for. <laughs> if you just so scroll like, through your yeah, Instagram. Now. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's pretty, you know, and I kind of like, well, if you, you know, if you don't, like,
0: if you're not interested in that, then you don't,
1: don't like, don't support my business, don't buy, my products I like, i'm not fast there are other there's other people that will i can't um and it's not that i think that um people who aren't vocal about their ideas i don't think it's being false or you know i think it's probably in lots of ways a wise <laughs> business decision <laughs> um but i for me personally it was just a, i cannot um i've always said i i my to my creative side and my social work side are very uh linked with each other i couldn't do one without the other Mm -hmm. so this is just an extension of that i think
0: okay and i know you've obviously had a lot of support over the years have you had any detrimental you know comments or anything like that that Obviously, you know, you probably just delete those things, but has it kind of been at de- the detriment of your business in any way, as far as you're concerned, that you've well, been not, so open about perhaps controversial yeah. issues?
1: Um, honestly, the only I mean, I've probably lost followers, but I don't really track that stuff. Like, I'm just because, mm-hmm. again, I'm not really good at business. I, um, I know with the marriage. Um,
0: plebiscite mm-hmm. um i remember Can I just pause you there? sorry yes. for those who are listening oh, to this overseas, outside yeah. of australia uh last year so it was 2017 yeah. our government decided to make every person in australia vote as to whether we would allow same-sex marriage in australia marriage equality a few different words for it so it was a plebiscite so it was a voluntary non-binding uh, non-binding vote we all did it by mail millions of dollars of <laughs> money and um it was a huge de- hugely divisive issue here in australia in the media and everything for that period of time it did get passed i think 60 something percent of australians voted in favor of it so the government did pass merge quality at the end of last year um, yes so this was a huge, huge huge issue here last year so 20 uh 2017 Sorry, Kath, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, that's good. That was a very good summation, Jeff.
1: <laughs> so I, uh, do you want me to tell the story about the, yeah, yeah. okay. So the pins, um, so I made this little pin with a rainbow that says love is love across it. And um, that started with um, my two best friends in Sydney, um, uh, a lesbian couple. and. Mm-hmm. And they are both incredibly strong, independent women with amazing families, amazing friends, really supportive um, life, like never been any issues about their sexuality with, you know, in terms of their families and support and everything like that. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And when it was announced that we were, that the plebiscite was going ahead, Um, I just thought, I'll just give them a call and, you know, see how they're going. And I was really shocked at how devastated and distressed they were. -hmm. I didn't, um, I guess I didn't think that things would get as nasty as they did, but they could foresee that. So um, Felicity in particular said, um, it's just going to be, you know, we're just going to be filled like the media is just going to be filled with all this no campaign stuff and hate and prejudice and that kind of thing. And in my, you know, that little Facebook bubble we been. I'm like, no, no, it'll be fine. Everyone's for it.
0: Like, yeah. yeah.
1: No. no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously like within, you know, an hour of, like, yeah, that was, uh, and you know, of course of course and i thought yeah you're right so but i kind of i could see how upset she was and that kind of scared me that if this um really strong supported couple were feeling really anxious and worried then what about a 12 year old 13 year old living in a um Isolated community questioning their sexuality or their feelings, and I live in a small community, and mm-hmm. I could, you know, think not that far away from here, or even in this town, um, there would be young people whose families were not supportive of their sexuality. Yeah. So we, um, so in an effort to. Um, kind of show support i guess i just i said to um felicity and elaine let's do something let's let's do something let's do a fundraiser let's you know work out what we can do like so we don't feel like we're just gonna send our postal votes in and that'll be the end of it Mm -hmm. um and because i live um outside of a major city I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to go to protests and that kind of thing on that larger scale. So we, I kind of started drawing some little pictures and we went back and forth and within an hour I'd sent a design off to, to be manufactured. And I think I just thought, oh, we'll just do a, a hundred <laughs> 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 to start with. And so the pins arrived and um, oh, I can't remember. Well, I think we sold... 500 in the first 24 hours um Mm -hmm. and then it just went from there so it just went crazy so the um we had someone wearing the pin on commercial morning television um they just, yeah, it went really crazy. So <laughs> we decided to donate um, $5 from each PIN to 2010, which is a youth organisation for young LGBTQIA people who uh, need support and mm-hmm. they were amazing as well. They were really excited. Um remember the, um, the, I think she's the CEO, I'm not sure what her title is, but um, she said, you know, when they get someone come in and donate Five hundred dollars into the office. They're all really like, "Oh wow, this is so amazing!" Because it's an open, <laughs> um, a little NGO, and so they were just overwhelmed with with um, how how much money. So in the end, we ended up raising fifteen thousand dollars for uh, twenty ten, mm-hmm. and I they very generous generously flew me down to Sydney to give them a huge novelty check, which was quite possibly one of the highlights of my whole life as I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a photo on
0: your blog. Oh, my God, it's so
1: exciting, so exciting. <laughs> Even the Uber driver was really excited in the car. He's like, I've never had a giant check in here. And Elaine was with me and we were just like, this is the best day. Um, um, yeah, and so when we got there, they, it was for their end of year um, night that they have and you know everyone was there wearing the pins and it was just so nice to um give them that money knowing that it was going to go to somewhere really good and really support people so during that time I had I had a few few comments on my Instagram which I was like really what like do you honestly think you're going to like, I'm going to change my mind and go, Oh, yeah, you're right. This is all really mm. wrong. I just kind of thought, What's the point? Yeah. So I had, I remember one person wrote, Oh, um, uh, it's, um, I, my freedom of speech is being um, questioned because I want to vote no or something. And I mm-hmm. just started to write this big rah, rah, rah and then I just <laughs> deleted it because I just yeah. went, I can't be like, who, why would you come onto this? Well, I come here and do that. Like you know, you, mm. you know what I mean. I just can't yeah. understand that kind of like what, what. What do you think you're going to achieve? Do you think you're going to change someone's mind? I don't want. I don't care about having a debate with you about it. This um, isn't
0: Twitter. No, that's right. Yeah, go on <laughs> Twitter. If Twitter you want to everybody arguing. Someone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just go on Twitter if you want to have a fight, but this is not the place. So there was probably uh, honestly three or four comments like mm. that, but overwhelmingly I had, I wish I had, had collated them all, but they were all in different like Facebook messages, Instagram messages, mm. messages via um, the selling platforms, just of people telling me when they bought the pin, who they, bought, who they were buying it for. Right, um, and how much it meant to them, and other um, other messages of people saying that they were at work one day, and they maybe worked in a big organisation, and then they and they kind of saw someone that was wearing one of my pins, and they just hugged, and they really like, It still makes me cry thinking about it. <laughs> they just needed to know that because they, you know, they'd, particularly when there was the big um, vote no in the sky over Sydney, that really upset a lot of people. And some people just said, like, when they saw the pin, they just felt like it is okay, I am safe here. And um, I know other organisations, some people sent me emails that their um, CEO had sent around to their organisation just saying that you need to be mindful of people feeling unsafe and fearful and, um, you know, and people buying, you know, 20 pins for everyone they worked with and just lots mm-hmm. of like so many beautiful stories. It was really a really emotional few months and plus mm-hmm. also just trying to pack every order and work and be a mum and my poor neglected husband <laughs> sitting on the floor after he gets home from work at 10.30 while I'm still packing the orders, <laughs> cursing the rainbows.
0: I'm curious as to if you've kept track of how many you sold. Because you're still selling them.
1: Yeah, so I'm not donating anymore. So I finished yeah. that with the um when the just uh, or just after the plebiscite because we still had but, so um five thousand. No. Yeah. Hold mm-hmm. on. I donated fifteen thousand, so how divided by five. So <laughs> three thousand. <000, laughs> three thousand pins we sold.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. All
1: hand-packed by <laughs> me, pretty much. So, yeah. So that,
0: yeah, I think, so, that's and an from- example of, you know, uh, the positive force that a business can have.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah, like it was just a really... Um, a, amazing time people um like even in my little town I had people stopping me in the street and hugging me and thanking me for their support like people that don't really know that I've you know mm. maybe kind of kids go to the same school or whatever but yeah so it was just a really nice um yeah and not nice in lots of ways but also really really emotional really stressful um, people were also telling me quite sad stories about what they'd been through during their childhood and coming out when they were young and not feeling supported and, you know, so there's lots of that stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was a pretty full-on time, really. Don't think I'd rush to do it again, although I never <laughs> say never.
0: I was about to say, is this, you know, of is this something I will. Blooming? New looming on the horizon, uh, or you just kind of waiting for the next thing to come along.
1: Well, something's bound to piss me off.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> there's bound
1: to be something again that I just go, "What?" It's, I mean, there's so many things, but yeah, um, I think the, I think it all comes down to uh, I felt like the plebiscite was, um, why are we voting on people's basic human rights, like. It just was so absurd that mm. we. this could have been all done without a plebiscite. It could have easily been done and we just had to um, spend all of this money with this stupid non-binding vote. And even, you know, recently Malcolm Turnbull was taking credit for getting marriage equality through It's like, are you serious? You traumatised an entire community for months. You don't get to take credit for that. So... Mm. Yeah, so there's, you know, I'm sure there's bound to be something. At the moment, our our Prime Minister at the moment is an absolute joke. So <laughs> I do have a little bag going around um, currently mm-hmm. in reference to him. Um, so they've been selling well for Christmas, which has been good. Cause <laughs> you know how someone got arrested for calling him a fucking Muppet,
0: which mm-hmm. I just
1: died laughing about? So I felt like I needed to do something in response to that, basically. So that's, yeah, so that's my current thing at the moment. But I'm sure there'll be something else that
0: comes along. <laughs> do you think you're going to, I mean, looking at your shop, there's obviously there seems to be more and more of that sort of stuff sort of popping up in your shop. Do you think you're going to keep going more in that direction rather than the, the old mat pillows? Uh, the mat
1: pillows, uh, I haven't been remaking them. So I'm selling Mm -hmm. off what's left basically Um, and Mm -hmm. that's been for a while. Um, I've reached peak map Mm -hmm. and, (laughs) yeah, I've moved on. So, and you know, it's also just, yeah, just not what I'm interested in anymore. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of more interested in um, designing things from scratch personally now rather than using an image that, and digitally altering it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I've got a few ideas, but I'm kind of now tossing up, like, how controversial is that? How far do I want to go? I think that's kind of now where I'm heading.
0: Right. So you are actually having those thoughts now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: not so much, like, not how far will I go, but how... Um, I guess if I make something that's really controversial, mm-hmm. I also have to consider if other if there's enough people who would be interested in that um, kind of really um, not commercial type product. Right. So a more of a a much more of a niche type thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So there is that small business part of me that going. <laughs> It's like that's yeah that might be funny but it, like if I'm going to sell ten then it's not really yeah worth doing so I kind of like there's a bit of that as well
0: yeah so a bit of that business uh, now coming in yeah and... maybe there is some there <laughs> underneath it all <laughs> but then that gets into the realm possibly of art versus yes um, craft I guess you know exactly. do you want to create a piece of art that will make people think even though it may not you know be sell. commercially viable yeah yeah. Pay? Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's probably where I'm heading towards a little bit, I think mm-hmm. too. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of less focused on trying to make huge amounts of money, you know, and have my bearded pigeon as this um, income stream that it used to be. Yeah, because that's coming from other work that I'm doing as well. So it's not, I'm not um, as dependent on it as an income stream as I was probably five years ago.
0: Right. So So that's kind of me. I've got a bit of freedom with that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And if it all imploded, then you'd you'd be okay.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'd be fine. Yeah. I kind of like, because I do, you know, I just have days where I'm like, oh, because I, I think the thing too with selling online is it's just it's that um, potential for intrusion of um, like I had someone leave me um, really bad feedback because they didn't read the listing. Right. Um, Happened to yeah. us all. <laughs> yeah. So we we all know, everyone that sells yeah. online is oh. yeah. So... Um, So it just and it, you know, it was just like I was having a lovely time and I was, you know, hanging out at home and I just checked my checked my emails or something and she'd written this really horribly like aggressive email and left like a one star review on my Etsy shop and I was just like, thanks, thanks for ruining my morning. It was all quite (laughs) nice, you know what I mean? So it's that constant like you're just intruding into my like happiness. So yeah. then you have to stop and deal with that and then you've got this horrible one-star review sitting there and, you know, like I mean she I just refunded her and she ended up changing the review and stuff but
0: mm.
1: it just was so unnecessary and I really struggle sometimes with that feeling of like you're being a little bit blackmailed
0: mm, yeah. with
1: reviews. Of, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really I'm a bit over that kind of thing and I think mm. uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the answer is because we all want to know, know that what we're buying is good and, yeah. you know, is not going to break when we, um, when we get it home or fall apart. But at the same time, I think it does, there are people that exploit the system.
0: Yeah. Especially so, um, nowadays where you can't leave a review for your um, customers anymore.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> unless warning
0: people. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, so this could be someone who does this like with every thing they buy. Yeah. You know, and there's no way of tracking that. So, yeah, I kind of, you know, I I, I don't really Yeah, I really struggled with that. Mm. And I also I think, think, you know, I've sold like thousands and thousands of these of this product. So mm. really like, but I still have to have reviews about this thing that I've sold thousands of. You know what I mean? It just seems a bit yeah. pointless. Like it's exactly the same product as it was five years ago,
0: mm-hmm. but I still
1: have to ha- have people leaving a review about it. So,
0: yeah. I think this is an interesting point you brought up about that can kind of circle back to everything we've talked about today First of all, you know, the idea that the the direction you're taking, my bitter pigeon, is more in that sort of, um, I guess, activist style direction. Um, But at the same time, or the artistic style direction, but at the same time, you're also at the point where you have the freedom that that's not your, you know, it's not your perhaps main source of income versus someone who their business is their 100% main source of income. And so you know they would be perhaps uh, not feel comfortable sharing certain views with the world that may you know be detrimental to their business yeah
1: i like I, yeah definitely i agree i think look it's probably i don't know what um you know what the research says or i, I don't know i think also um I think also people have responded to it really well. So Mm. in some sense, you could also argue like the coverage that my business got, particularly in the LGBTQI community during the plebiscite from like press and other organisations and um, people with really huge followings promoting the pins, that was huge from a business perspective. Absolutely. So you know what I mean? I think you kind of... But at the same time, I don't think, like, if you look at things that are controversial, I don't think in 2018 sexuality is such a risk as it may have been 10
0: years ago kind of thing. Yeah, it's amazing how fast things have changed. Yeah.
1: Right? yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think, yeah, I think there's... Um, Yeah, I think things have definitely changed and it does depend on what cause you're going to follow.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's all very interesting and, you know, that's... And it it can relate to your business as well. Like, for example, um, when the plebiscite sort of was happening and uh, when the vote came through, like, via Ethereal, my jewellery business... I did put some stuff up about it because we make wedding rings. Right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I'm not going to neglect this massive thing that's going on in my country yes, about marriage. Of course, uh, because yeah. it's related to my business. So I'm going to show my cards and say, well, yeah, I'm su- I support you know same sex marriage and everybody should be in a marriage who they want. Uh, you know, so that's something that I made a conscious decision um, to talk about. But I'd also, it's not something new. Like we've had same-sex couples yeah. buying from us from the beginning been doing it for a long time yeah that's yeah right, and those so. and those photos have been you know i've shared photos on social media from custom same-sex couples who bought from us and stuff like that over the years so it's not like it was a secret that that we were supportive of that yeah um but it was but i you know personally again i felt that that was the point where i had to say something from you know from my business um because yeah i couldn't not so yeah you know, i agree you know, and i think well
1: I think people that didn't, like, look at White Magazine. Have you heard about that? So um, uh, White Magazine is only a wedding um, magazine that's been around for a long time and they, people kind of know, so photographers noticed over time that when they submitted photos that same-sex photos were never uh, shared. Um, Or published in their magazine at all, Um, and so there was a bit of pressure of like, "Are you going to? What do you? What's your standpoint on same-sex marriage?" And they said, "Well, we don't support it, basically." And so they lost a whole lot of advertisers, and then they Mm -hmm. closed down and kind of blamed everyone for because their business closed down. It's like, well, no, that like you did that yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think particularly, I think. Silence, particularly for anyone within the wedding business, not saying anything was yes. saying you don't support it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I think yes. people were kind I of agree. going, uh you make cakes. So Are you going to be putting your hand up? Because if you don't, it's going to look like you don't support it." So, yeah, I think that was a kind of really unique, um, yeah, place. I think now anyone in a wedding business who didn't actively have something on their website saying that they were, um, yeah, supportive of, um, marriage equality would be probably shooting themselves in the foot in some ways. Although maybe not, I don't know, because I am in mm-hmm. a bubble where everyone loves same sex <laughs> marriage, so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's people looking for businesses who won't make a rainbow cake, God, damn Probably it. are. Yeah, there yeah. would be, of course there would be, so, yeah,
0: yeah. So no, that's interesting. It's interesting, I think. Um, I mean, do you think the world has always been this polarised or do you think it's because of the bubbles we live in now?
1: I think it's always been this polarised, but I think mm-hmm. we, um, because we get, so if you think about like when I was a kid, there was half an hour of news a day. That's it. Yeah. You got the newspaper <laughs> and then you got half an hour of news at night. Now, things have changed. <laughs> yeah, god, now it's just constantly bombarded with media but also with people's opinions, mm. and even in, like I don't read comments on newspaper articles rarely because I just find myself like wanting to stab people, <laughs> um, but it's like, just that, like, people thinking that they, like, everyone thinking their opinion is really important and valid, so I don't actually care about everyone's opinion.
0: You mm.
1: can have an opinion, but if you can't back it up with actual, like, you can't, I just think claiming all these things that people claim, it's like, but do you actually have science or research or evidence or anything to back up this claim you're making? So not just I don't support that, that's different, but when people mm-hmm. say, oh, well, if if you... Um, if gay people are allowed to get married, their children are blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, no, no, you can't just say that. Well, show mm. the evidence. So I kind of, yeah, I think we're just people think that commenting on newspaper articles gives their, that they have a right to just say whatever they want, on, which mm. they do. But you know what I mean? I think it's kind of gone too far. It's like I don't really care what Joe Blow thinks. I want to, you know, I want to. Um, journalists that I follow or writers that I follow, I want to hear what they think because I think their opinions are really valid because they're based on something. Mm. But just hearing someone sprout blah blah blah, I'm not interested. Well, back so, in the day, you yeah. couldn't really
0: hear that, could you? Yeah, wasn't... that's right. It was like, yeah, we, <laughs> we didn't, didn't have hear all that it. noise.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of something
0: good. About
1: Like, but then at the same time, I think we, um, I think particularly for women, that the parts of the internet have united us Mm. um, in ways that maybe couldn't have happened before, and our shared experiences have become, um, I think, things that maybe lots of women thought, "Oh, that just happens to me." now understand that that's a global phenomenon yeah. um and being you know when you're 20 walking down the street and being yelled at out of cars and um told to smile and all that kind of stuff i think like maybe women are just realizing now that that's actually universal
0: yeah and the power of that to bring people together and yeah and make change
1: yeah 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 so yeah, I'm not anti-internet, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, think, just, I think, yeah,
0: yeah, it, it can be draining, and I think we all need to remember to take a step away from it sometimes. Yeah, and, and just remember to just not get into arguments, spend time arguments with yourself. people.
1: Yeah. yeah, like don't get into arguments with people that you don't know. Who cares? Like, let them have their stupid thought about something that's ill-informed. It's like, oh, whatever. I don't care. I don't care what you think. So, uh, yeah, I think you have to just, yeah, you have to kind of just go, you know what, I'm just going to talk to the people in my circle about this and in a rational way and, yeah, other people. But, yeah, I'm not interested in changing their mind. I think I've noticed this in the last few days with the pill testing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I've worked in drug and alcohol for the last 17 years. Um, hearing people... <sighs> talk like say this whole or just saying if you don't have any drugs then you won't um with what you know you're an idiot if you take drugs kind of thing it's like yeah that uh just say no message that's been going since the 80s that really hasn't worked that well Mm. because people are still taking drugs so let's just
0: that's you know prohibition doesn't work so it's just that kind of like you yeah yeah they're kids they can't think properly yet like they're gonna make stupid positions they're going exactly. to do that perhaps yeah. the most logical yeah so it's it's very interesting well thank you for coming on the show and opening up about these uh these issues and discussing this with me today i find it a fascinating topic and um i'm sure a lot of people listening it's given them food for thought as well i'm curious as to you know have you got glimmerings on the horizon of what's next for you've you got obviously your photography that's happening
1: yeah um I'm um, just been involved with this project um, called the Memory Collective, and it's a group of photographers. So we're still in the very embryonic stages of developing the how it's all going to look, but um, a group of photog- photographers who will do uh, family photos for when a parent has a terminal illness, and children right. are kind of primary school age, so too young to maybe document what's happening. Mm. Um, so doing a photo shoot for them and having nice photos for the family. Um, so I'm kind of working on that, which is um, obviously we want to make sure that we've got kind of really good guidelines and and mm. support around people doing that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of working on that. But also just, um, yeah, just kind of you know, waiting for the next thing to annoy me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the next flash. it will, Yeah. Or yeah, the next yeah. thing that I go,
1: right, this is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's also like finding, I have to find an organisation that I feel like will support, you know, my idea as well. If I'm going to donate money to it, I need to kind of, just watch them for a little while too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think that's a really... I think people, um, if they are going to support an organisation, it's okay to just, like, check them out a fair bit, you know. What are they actually doing with the money? Like, you you know, you're allowed to ask questions about all that kind of stuff, so... But also, um, I think if people... Um if they can't support a charity or an organization via their business, um, that they can support it in other ways by promoting it. Yes. So they don't necessarily have to be giving money to say, like we got Oxfam um gifts for all my kids' teachers this year, mm-hmm. which we usually do. Something like that. Um, so you don't have you know, you don't have to abort one to support it. So you can yep. just share it. You know, here's some ideas of things to get and blah blah blah. So I think, yeah, there's lots of ways people can do stuff that doesn't have to be about giving money to.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true. Thank you, Kath. Where is the best place for people to find out more about you?
1: Oh, probably Instagram if you can deal with the feminist rantings. <laughs> And that's at bid at, at, at my my bearded pigeon. Yes, I'm there. Excellent. I'll be there. I love my little community of <laughs> great, mainly probably ninety nine percent women there. <laughs> love it. So, so I'm a big fan of sharing stuff in my stories as well. So yes, yeah. your stories are
0: always pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. What's happening in the world today? Yeah, well. I
1: guess my friend said she's like I just now instead of watching the news, I just go to your <laughs> stories and go, I'll just get the highlights from Kath of the things I need to know. <laughs> no? Like, oh, pressure.
0: Gosh. Yeah, you got to keep it up now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank Again, you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode i would love to hear from you and i know kath would love to hear from you she's super active on instagram so all you need to do is take a screenshot of listening to this episode share it on your instagram stories tag me at create and thrive and tag cat my bearded pigeon as well so she can check it out and know that this episode has had an impact on you, And I'd love to hear as well your biggest takeaway, like what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that you are passionate about as well, using your craft for good? Uh, you know, do you donate to a certain charity as part of your craft? You know, do you donate a percent percentage of your income to a charity? Do you promote a certain charity or cause through your work? If you do, let me know about it and let her know about it. And uh, we'd love to hear your craftivism story as well thank you as always for listening to the show i really really appreciate you taking the time to be with me and listen to these stories of makers from all over the world thank you i'll be back again next week with another episode of the show and bye for now